This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we'll do some NFL buy and sell this hour. Uh, Steve Beck, who runs the Military Bowl, will be our guest. They've got a really good matchup. Um, We haven't talked since... Uh, Sunday, Denton, in the Monday and Tuesday show, it's been primarily NFL and even college football uh, kind of um, focused. Uh, but a lot of locals, uh, a lot of quasi-locals going to bowl games. Um, and uh, we'll get to, to some of that as well uh, with Steve Beck. Jason Hor- Horowitz will join us at 12 noon to talk college football playoff, some of the things that have been learned since Sunday, some of the things that are going on with lawsuits and class action, you know, lawsuits. I mean, some ridiculous stuff going on. Heisman Trophy will be handed out Saturday night in New York. Uh, So some good stuff there. Uh, The question, simply put, was are we on the verge of living through the worst season in franchise history? And... Uh, is there anything left in these final four games that is intriguing to you, or are you ready for the offseason to begin? Bob is calling from Burtonsville. Bob, go ahead. As always, Kevin, great show. Especially listening to all the callers that had heart to root for the Redskins slash commanders, whatever you want to call them. Unfortunately, listening to all of them made me feel about all the bad burps I've had in my life. What I want to say... It is a terrible season. Two, there is light at the tunnel, like you said. Three, the time you cut commercial two times ago, you opened it up with the Born to Run song. The enemy's on the hook. Could he give us eight to 20 plays with positive yards running the ball? I don't see another win at all. I see us getting destroyed in three or four of the last games. And yes, Kevin, it will be the worst season. And it it will be a happy season for me because I know the next GM won't be a racquetball player, Kevin. He'll be a football guy. And that's what we need, football people, assistant coaches that are great. Not only a great head coach, but I want to see assistant coaches. Thank you as all. Yeah, thanks, Bob. Appreciate it. Let's go to uh, Fred. Fred, go ahead. Which, which Fred? We got two Freds on the line. Oh, we got multiple Freds. Uh, Fred and let's do Fred and Binghamton. Fred and Binghamton, New York. Uh, giant Foods. They've got a Giant Foods up there as well. Uh, I worked with them uh, in a business many years ago. What's up, Fred? Go ahead. Well, Kevin, this has got to be the worst season ever. I, I go back to the George Allen days, but that's revisionist history. Okay. Um, but I have hope. I went to the, the I went to FedEx for the first time in like ten years because he was gone. The tyrant was gone. Um, and I went to the preseason game and they beat the 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 crosstown rival. I'll say the Ravens on a last second field goal. And I don't know about Howell, but I I want to be just like you. I want to watch him develop the last four games. Yeah. Uh, and I want, a, I want a good draft pick. And, and the, the last caller, Bob, nailed it. I mean, we have hope now. And it's been 24 and a half years since we had hope, really. And no racquetball player picking the picks. Hopefully a GM is installed. They do a coaching search. I'm looking forward to January and April. Um, lifelong, diehard. Uh, I still call them Redskins. I know it's racist, but they should have kept it, the, the, the uh, emblem at least. 
Yeah, look, if if, if, it, if it were racist, I would hope that you wouldn't say it. It's a very, as we've discussed for years now, uh, that's not necessarily true. Um, it is uh, a very complex and debatable subject. But thanks for the call, and I appreciate that very much. Um, it's It's funny, I mean... Look, th- these seasons go by very quickly, but we are literally less than three months removed from that Arizona game. And after the game, and certainly after the following week when they beat Denver, man, there was a lot of optimism about this season. You know, and, and by the way, with respect to the defense, remember, week one was the best defensive game of the year by far against the Cardinals. It was the game that the defense actually literally won. You know, we we wanted some of those players to make plays to take over a game, and they did. And then week two, bad start to the game, and then Jamin Davis makes maybe the play of the early season when he forces the fumble on Russell Wilson and the whole game flips, and then they get hot offensively, and it's like, whoa, wait a minute. What do we have here? I mean, that's less than three months ago. 2-0. 2-0. and I, I swear to you before that Buffalo game, and if you remember, I was giddy leading up to that Buffalo game. There was a swagger about this group that you could sense, a confidence about this group, and week three was a major reality check, you know, against Buffalo. But then they came back the following week and played maybe, maybe the best game of the year. The loss to Philadelphia, you know, the last touchdown pass to Dotson in the end zone on the final player regulation. Uh, you know, do you go for two or not? You know, I mean, remember those conversations? It's like, man, so close to being three and one. But then it was like, okay, well, you know, two and two, better than maybe we thought it would have started. But we got the Bears coming in, Falcons after that, Giants after that, this stretch of Bears, Falcons, Giants. You got a chance to really, you know, get, get in the get get in the mix, and then the Bears game was really the absolute worst, and I didn't feel good about that game. If you recall, I'm going into it. Uh, however, did not expect to be down 27 to three at halftime. Uh, all right, uh, let's go to Paulie. Paulie, go ahead. Big guy, hail to the W, man. Hail to the W. I mean, hey. I'm going to answer your question in reverse, man. This season wasn't our worst season, man. You know, this season was interesting, but not important. You know, we had our opportunities. You know, but it was unfortunate that the young players, the the development of our young players was a hindrance to us, and our immaturity stopped us from executing, and the culture couldn't save us to have a good season. (laughs) (laughs) you worked everything into that answer hey hey, i'm ronnie's i'm trying to learn that was that was total ronnie's how about did how about the line from him the other day about at some point you know it's not about development anymore you know like he's been he's been leaning on development and growth all season long and the other day he cut it off funny um, all right. it all, all Honestly, no, you no, know no. that you know this organization. Which season was just obviously worse than this one? And I'm, we're talking about a standalone season. I'm not talking about the hope with Snyder gone. All that's a given. But what season, 13, season was worse? Thir- thir- thirteen, because we was coming off the, the winning the division in, in twelve. Yeah. You know, and then, hope and of then RG. The carryover, the carryover from the Seattle game into the next season with the all-in for week one and, and just the infighting between management, the players, the owners. You know, I mean, don't forget, we had the worst special teams. They said it was the second worst special teams in the history of the NFL that year. You know, um, you know, Mike Shanahan, he's, he's an alpha guy, but he was way overboard that year. And I'm not just blaming him. We know it was Dan. You know, uh, the – uh, your man Kirk started the last three games of thirteen. I keep telling you, Kirk Cousins started the last three, and that also began. That oh also well, yeah, what am I? Why, why, why was I saying Rex? Of course, Kirk started those last three games. Yeah. Yes, my fault. Look, of course. Look, listen, it also started the uh, division of the fan base of Kirk Cousins and RG three. You know what I mean? So. 
2013 was just a perfect storm of unfortunate opportunities that was missed. <laughs> I, you know, I'm sorry, man. I like this Ronnie's, man. I like Ronnie's. I know you do, but uh, but but back to that last point that you made. I don't think that that started the Kirk. Ver- yes, I think listen, internally man. in that building and. Some of us were starting to learn about that, you know, during the off season of 2012 into 2013. But I think with the fan base, it started much more, you know, during the J years, much more yeah, when it was, became really was, apparent to a lot of fans that RG three, you know, and they blamed Shanahan and they blamed the injury and they blamed a lot of things. But the bottom line was that locker room wanted Kirk Cousins to be the starting quarterback, and a lot of fans didn't understand that. Yeah, you but I don't think that started in 2013. But you remember in 12, Kirk, Kirk played well against the Ravens. Coming I know. And getting that win. He played outstanding against Cleveland. You know, and then the way everything started out in um, 2013, a lot of fans were saying, just like you saying, why are we going to start the season with Kirk? Why is Kirk not No, playing? I don't remember he, people saying, why didn't we start I, the season with Kirk? Listen, That's, I, I was saying it. I, I was you one were? Of the people saying like, man, the you man, were? The man was hurt. Yeah, I was. The man was hurt. He didn't play not one preseason game. Soon as he got in there, he was throwing picks against the Eagles. I was like, man, get him out the game. Why we not <laughs> yeah. we gotta, that we was the Chip Kelly debut. Yeah, we got a viable backup. Why are we not playing him? The man, he played all. He played the whole preseason. He barely practiced, and we started him on Monday night against the Eagles. Like, come on, man. So I just think that it was a perfect storm of everything in 2013. So I, to me, that was the worst feeling. You know, I mean, and, and that says a lot because that last year of Jim Zorn when they emasculated him, that was some that was some crazy s man. Like, he's complying. Hey, he's excited, he's hanging out. He, I, I, I've told you this a million times. He was hanging out with Tommy and I in the studio we had at the park more than he was working. I mean, it was crazy. Did he say he was in Cooley surgery or something like that, too? It's yeah, right. He went to watch Cooley surgery. surgery. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jim Zorn, man. You got to love him. Old lefty. Yeah. All hey, right, man. man. We'll get out of man. Hail to the W, man. Later. Hey, it's unfortunate. Uh, 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 right. B- Billy. Billy, go ahead. Gavin, good morning. Hey, Billy. I'm, uh, hey, listen, this is a challenging situation. I'm glad you took a call from the one guy who did see this coming. That's always important to to acknowledge that. Uh, listen, Ron's tenure started off with the worst pick in uh, in the team's history with Chase. They needed a quarterback. They took a defensive end. Uh, you know, the, the idea that, uh, that Heath Shuler is the worst pick, it's not a great pick, but uh, – they needed a quarterback. They took a quarterback. It didn't work out. This is a scariest season, man. I mean, we're, we're just staring into the abyss right now. It sucks. The team is terrible. We're going to have probably four more losses. We have new owners, no vision, no GM, no plan. And the, the, the ownership group should mothball Sam right now if they have any vision at all for what the future of this team should bring. There's no reason for him to play. Well, first of all, how? Why would you say there's no vision? There's no plan. How do you know that? Are you looking at the record, Kevin? Uh, uh, Vision and plan implies future. What the plan is in the future? I'm not talking about what the plan is for next Sunday against the Rams, unless that's what you were referring to. I would imagine Josh Harrison, Mitchell Rails, and Magic Johnson and ownership, they are already working on the plan, which we'll start to get wind of once the firings happen on January 8th and once they start to make hires in you know early to mid-January. You know, this goes back to what you've thought all along, which was they should have made all of these changes prior to the season, and therefore your conclusion is they've got no plan. Like, they're scrambling. Like, they decided to roll with this. They didn't decide to roll with this. They had no choice but to roll with this. They they did have a choice. You always have a choice. And if their plan is to lose 45 to 15 to, to the Dolphins and to get smoked on Thanksgiving in their first year, then this group has no plan, Kevin. Show some competitive spirit. I mean, show don't as a fan. Well, aren't I? Which group anything? are we talking about? The coaching staff and the players, or or new ownership, Billy? Are you serious? You, 
I'm totally I mean, serious. Why would you think Josh Josh Harris at this point doesn't have a plan and doesn't have any vision? Kevin, explain that to me. I will exactly. I'll show you exactly how it works. I'm the owner of something. I am accountable for how whatever that something is, a professional football team operates. And that means if I'm looking down on what I own and they are putting garbage on the field, I am entitled as the owner to change what is happening on the field. And they're sitting in the ownership box. And what their actions are telling me, Kevin, is a 40-year fan, is that what we're seeing on the field, which is a dumpster fire, the worst we've ever seen, we're talking about it right now, is okay. Well, you just answered the, the question. Okay. I'm getting that this is okay. I'm getting the, yeah. the, the, uh, the message. Who says it's okay? okay? Why would you think they think it's okay? Why wouldn't you look at it? Look, you're entitled it, to, the, to this opinion. They haven't I, changed it. I, That's why. Be, well, here's the problem. When you start changing it in the middle of a season, that's lost anyway. You actually could impact your ability with your long-term vision to hire the people that you want to hire to hire those people because they look at your actions in season as impulsive. They look at it as, what was the point? You know, you're emotional about this. You don't have a solution to in season. You just want somebody's head. I can wait a month yeah, and a I half think because I think they do have a vision, they do have a plan, and it starts at the end of this season because there's no point for it to start prior to then, in my opinion. Well, Kevin, here's I, I listen, I am a fan of this team. I want this team to win. And maybe I don't have all the answers. If I was the owner, I'd probably make some some corrections. But there's one right there. Mothball Sam. The guy has got potential. He's getting freaking killed out there. Let's have him ready for next year. Let Brissett take the beating. Sam is a young guy that Don't shows you, he's got a gun, so, he's calm, he's competitive. He's got a lot of attributes that good quarterbacks have. Get him off the field if I'm Josh. Don't let him out right. there again to get killed. How do you know There's Josh thinks part of the plan is Sam Howell? Listen, if he's not part of the plan, then he doesn't understand football because Sam has potential. He has a he lot of He does have attributes. potential. He does have potential. He also is still developing. I wouldn't I wouldn't mothball him. I wouldn't moth I'd have him play. He's a competitor. I'd allow him to go out and compete and continue to grow. Unless you think, unless you think, I'm just throwing it out there, that the offense that they're running right now actually isn't anything like the offense that the new GM and the new head coach who you have a feeling who it's going to be is going to run and there's no growth opportunity other than just to compete. Um, but thanks for the call, Billy. I just think ultimately to say they have no vision and no plan, Billy's been stuck on they should have done something a long time ago. Um, they came in, they took ownership of the team in that final few, the final few days of July. It was a few days before training camp opened. They could not fire Ron Rivera, the entire staff, hire a new staff, in that particular time. Who are you going to hire two days before training camp begins? Uh, there were so many, so many priorities in the moment, including making sure that the stadium wasn't going to fall down on top of people for that first preseason game at home that they played against, who was it, Baltimore or Cincinnati? I forget who it was against now. I think it was against Baltimore. Um, so I personally didn't think and I still don't think that they could have done anything prior to this season to give this season a chance. I always felt from day one that their imprints on the football operation would begin to be felt at the end of this season. Let's finish up with Ian. Ian, go ahead. Is Ian there? Denton? All right, looks like he's not there. All right, well, we are done. Let's come back and let's do some NFL buy and sell uh, next. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980 and the Team980.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Uh, For those of you telling me um, to read the Kime Jeremy Fowler story, I will read it during the next break. Um, Apparently a lot on sort of how this season has gone behind the scenes for Washington. Uh, I guess that story came out a little while ago. I'll get to it and then I'll share all of what I read with you uh, a little bit later on in the show. NFL buy and sell Denton. I'm going to start with buying a two-team Sunday late parlay. Buffalo plus the two and a half plus three at KC to win outright and Dallas at home on Sunday night to beat and cover laying the three and a half by down to three against the Eagles. And I also, I, I, love, I look at the Chiefs right now. The, the Bills off a of bye week are getting the Chiefs off of a Sunday night game at Lambeau. Um, the Cowboys are catching the Eagles with the mini-buy, having played last Thursday at home after the Eagles had their asses kicked by the 49ers. Uh, so I like Dallas and I like Buffalo this week. And I'll add to that, I think Buffalo's going to make a run here down the stretch. Uh, and Kansas City potentially is going to really play itself out of anything other than one home game in the AFC postseason as a division champion. They're going to win the division. They're going to win the AFC West. But if they lose Sunday to Buffalo, they still have games they can win. But the people are going to really view them differently if they lose to Buffalo. That would be three losses in their last four games with the one win coming over the Raiders. Uh, But I'm buying a Buffalo-Dallas parlay. Uh, for this upcoming late Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, with Buffalo making a run back into playoff contention despite their brutal schedule. I think the Bills, the last time we saw them, was that crushing loss at the link to Philadelphia. There's something wrong with the Chiefs. They got the Chiefs and the Cowboys the next two weeks. They got to get one of those to have a chance, and I think they're going to get the one Sunday. What are you buying? I'm going to buy the hottest team in the AFC right now, the Indianapolis Colts. They're sitting at seven and five, Kevin. They're winners of four in a row. Granted, it's not like they're beating world beaters, right? Like no, it's wins. They were over lucky the... to win Sunday. Right, they were. But that's still winners of four in a row. And you look at the remainder of their schedule, not a lot of not a lot of heavy hitters until maybe the final week of the season with the Texans, which based on how the injury with with Trevor Lawrence plays out, that could be for the division. But when you factor in don't really trust Pittsburgh right now, especially with Mitch Trubisky coming in. Uh, don't really trust Cleveland's quarterback situation right now. Like I think there's some room for Indianapolis, who is now sitting at the seventh seed in the AFC, to kind of I don't know, maybe jump up to the six and uh, uh, and plant themselves there and potentially snag a playoff spot. 
I'm selling Derek Carr. Uh, I've done this before over the years. Uh, I think Derek Carr's days as a starting NFL quarterback are truly numbered. Um, This Saints team is underperforming. He's underperforming. I understand he has not been healthy at times this year. Uh, This is a quarterback that, you know, in, in Oakland, when they were in Oakland, that year that he broke his leg late, he was a potential MVP of the league that year. Um, this year, he's going to end up with the fewest touchdown passes by far of his career. Uh, he'll end up with probably the lowest QBR number for, for him in his career over the last eight or nine seasons, lowest passer rating potentially uh, in recent years. Uh I think Derek Carr's he's 33 years old, I think, or he'll be 33 next year. I don't see him being a guy that any team wants to significantly invest in. I understand New Orleans already invested in, in him, um, but I think his days as an NFL bona fide starting quarterback default uh, are numbered. Um I'm selling Derek Carr probably for like the fifth time over the last six years. <laughs> I'm going to sell the team that I've been banging the drum for this entire season out of the NFC. That's the Philadelphia Eagles. What we saw this weekend, which you were right, you were on top of this, this wasn't just a, a win from San Francisco. That was a bludgeoning that we saw. It's very clear that Philadelphia was not who I thought they were, so I'm selling my my stake in Philadelphia, and I'm going to buy up some San Francisco steak. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't sell. Well, the, the San Francisco is the easiest buy in the world, but you're you're now buying at the most expensive price. You should have bought after they had lost three games in a row. The 49ers are. I mean, think about what they've done to their two biggest NFC competitors, the Cowboys and the Eagles. They outscored them 84 to 29 in two games. I know that that Dallas game was earlier this year, understood, but they seem to have the Cowboys number, you know, period. We know that the the game on Sunday afternoon at the link was kind of a revenge game from the NFC Championship game, but the Eagles cannot, cannot stop the 49ers. It's a bad matchup for that Philadelphia defense against the 49ers offense. It may be a bad matchup for almost every team in the league. Dallas is a better defensive team, and they gave up 42. Um, I, I mean, I'm looking at the 49ers the rest of the way. Who who other than the Ravens on Christmas night, and that's a home game, who's going to beat them? The Seahawks this Sunday, the Cardinals on the road, Washington, give me a break, the Rams <laughs> in the season finale, and yet Philadelphia, you know, I, see, Philadelphia's got enough, you know, you know what's to go on the road and win, even when you don't expect it, because they're they're so good offensively, and I could see them controlling the ball and the clock and being in a game that could be winnable. But yeah, they they this is a tough stretch too for Philly, right? They had in a row Cowboys, Chiefs, Bills, 49ers, Cowboys again. You know, they had a short week after the Chiefs game before the Bills game. The Bills game was a long, draining football game. And then they got the 49ers coming in off of a Thanksgiving night game with rest. I mean, the Eagles are getting back-to-back opponents coming in off of mini-buys. So there was all of that leading into that game. I don't think if they played them again, it would be 42-19. to I think Philadelphia is good enough to compete. They're just defensively a mismatch for the 49ers. And I don't know how you fix that. I don't know how Philadelphia fixes that. The only way they fix that is to match them offensively. I think Dallas is a better match defensively for the 49ers, but it didn't work out that way that way the first go-round. In the NFC, seriously, who can beat the 49ers if the 49ers are healthy? Like who matches up well with them? Nobody defensively has a chance. Nobody. I, I, maybe Dallas. But we've seen what's happened in those games here recently, including the playoff game last year. I don't know. Maybe Dallas is rounding into shape. Here's the other thing is that the 49ers are just so much better coached than Dallas. I mean, Kyle, you know, he's, he's going to outwit McCarthy at every turn. At least Philadelphia, coaching-wise, although I don't know what they do defensively against the 49ers if they play them. 
Have we given up on the Lions being a legit threat because their defense has deteriorated? Yeah, I have at least. I have. But they can match people offensively. You know, they can go toe to toe. You you know who's you know who's really good defensively in the NFC? The surging Packers. I mean, that's true, but I don't think they have enough offense to match Philly or to match San Francisco, excuse me. Oh, I'm not saying that they do. I'm just saying I'm looking for a matchup defensively where the 49ers wouldn't just run roughshod over every single team when they have the football. And yeah, you're not you're not going to find one. You're going to be you're going to have to like really stretch to find one. Yeah, you're going to have to really stretch, that's for sure, to find one. Um and by the way, that goes for both conferences. I mean, look, Cleveland completely shut them down in that game in Cleveland, but there was no Debo. He got hurt in that game, and there was no Trent. He got hurt in that game. Although Trent actually played that whole game and played hurt. I think he went out at the end. Um, Yeah. All right. Uh, good matchup in some bowl games for a lot of the, uh, a lot of the locals, including the bowl game that will be be played locally, the Military Bowl. We'll talk about that more next. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980, theteam980.com. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. That's where an agent who is a realtor comes in to navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Bowl season will get started in 10 days, I think. We get Army-Navy Saturday. We get the Heisman Trophy uh, ceremony in New York on Saturday night. Uh, the bowl game that's really become a staple for our region, uh, courtesy of uh, my friend Steve Beck, who joins us right now. Steve is the president and executive director of the Military Bowl. He's the one that created it all the way back in 2008. When we played those games at RFK, the first ever game, Wake Forest and Navy. And then year two, Doc Walker and I remember very much sitting in an open air box calling the game in 12 degree weather when UCLA beat Temple. Uh, but it's always a great game. And this year, you got a really good game. December 27th, Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis, 2 p.m. kickoff, two days after the holidays. Nobody's working. Uh, Virginia Tech. And Tulane. Tulane, remember, that incredible bowl game last year against USC. And Virginia Tech rolling coming in. They've won four of their last six. Uh, really had a resurgent year under Brent Pry, And you've got uh, a win over Virginia to finish out the regular season, 55-17. to Steve joins us right now, courtesy of our BetQL guest hotline. Bet smarter. Beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. I ask you this every year, and the answer is always yes, but I would imagine that Virginia Tech is a, is a team you desperately wanted in the game this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, getting Tech was... You know, we had to have like 10 things happen to be able to get them, and everything just went our way. It was unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, I mean we had. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. If you want me to go through it real quick. Yeah, I do. Yeah, we had, um, you know, the CFP came out at 930, and of course, Florida State was left out of that, so that pushed everybody down. Um, you know, and then the top three bowls were, you know, the Pop Tarts and. Gator and Holiday Bowl, they were told that uh, Notre Dame was not available for them. 
So next thing I know, we're getting uh, text messages that our calls being delayed. We were supposed to have a call at 345, and the group of three above us, the Penn Mayo and uh, Pinstripe Mayo and Sun Bowl, they were supposed to have a call at like 145, and theirs was delayed. They didn't get on a call till like 6, and it was like 630 for us. So there was some crazy stuff happening. And, and what happened when they finally got on a call with those three bowls, they said that Notre Dame was available to them. Well, they all had no idea, and they all three wanted Notre Dame. <laughs> so they ended up you know, picking names out of a hat, and the Sun Bowl got them. Uh, so they're very excited. And the other two are great matchups, too. You got Miami and Rutgers and Pinstripe Bowl in New York, and Duke's Mayonnaise has uh, oh, UNC um, versus West Virginia, another great matchup. So it really worked out for everybody. Okay, hold on for a second, because you, you've gone through this, and you've got to understand, like, I don't even understand some of what you just said, so I want to get to the bottom of it. First of all, one of the things you just said is the CFP came out at 9.30. Did you know at 9.30 a.m., because that show didn't come on until noon, did you know at 9.30 a.m. that Florida State had been left out? Uh, maybe I got the time wrong, but uh, I can't remember now, but I okay. was just watching just like everybody. Okay. And it came it came down to by the time it got to us, we sort of knew that every team was taken for every bowl across the country except for Notre Dame, Virginia Tech, UNC, and Miami. So it was we in was terms of what in terms of what Steve the at larges that you had to yeah, choose so from. Uh, well, that well, I had a choice of five teams at the end. So um, and we chose Virginia Tech. Just to give you an idea, because it was so too. Was, let me just make sure I'm clear and everybody else is clear. Tulane mm-hmm. was already locked into your bowl after they lost to SMU and were not going to be a part of the New Year Six, right? So they all Tulane that the, the that AAC spot wherever they are, they were locked in as as one team. You knew it would be Tulane at that point, correct? Cor- correct. Yes. All right. So then, what were the teams that you had a choice of? Uh, it came down to Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, um, Boston College, uh, Syracuse, and Duke. And of course, we had Duke last year, so we couldn't take them this year. Right. So, but, so but, but having Virginia, so that's the way it works. Eventually, by the time they got to you, they said, "Steve, here, you know, you've got Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, BC, Syracuse, and Duke. Pick one, and you get to pick one of those those teams." Yep. It's a no-brainer, right, that Virginia Tech, because of the way they travel and because of their proximity, that that was the selection, right? Yeah, and the way they finished out the year. Right. Uh, Really a team on the upswing. You really want to get them on the upswing. Um, So we we were just very fortunate, uh, and sales have been going crazy. I mean, it's uh, it's really been fantastic. That's awesome. I I also just want to make sure I'm clear on one thing. Notre Dame was never an option, right, for for the military bowl. Okay. Correct. Everybody wanted them when it got to the three bowls above us. Right. And Maryland was never going to be in at large. They were locked in in the Big Ten slot in a number of spots, including where they landed, which was the Music City Bowl in Nashville, to face yeah, Auburn. Because yeah, yeah. I mean, that, for them, I, I think that's going to be going to be a heck of a ticket getting down there. I'll tell you that. I might even go. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, the other option, correct me if I'm wrong, was that Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bowl um, as a possibility. Yeah, that was my All understanding right. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you've got a good matchup. I mean, if anybody, ha- if I mean, I hope Michael Pratt plays for Tulane. For those of you who haven't seen Tulane, a they they were a very good defensive team. Michael Pratt's been a very good quarterback uh, for them over the last couple of years, and you know they they were in that New Year's Six game against Caleb Williams last year, and you know won forty six to forty one or whatever the score was. I forget what it was, but it was a phenomenal bowl game. So you get Tulane. The other thing I, w- I would ask is there. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but we know that Virginia Tech has. After Maryland, Mason, they have got the third most alum in the D.C. metro area, right? I think it's after Maryland and Mason, Virginia Tech's third. Is that true? I think so. Uh, they have 44,000 alumni in, this, in the greater D.C. area. Right. I think so, Tulane has a lot of Northeastern alumni as well. Am I wrong or right? Yeah, they do too. Yeah, they're, uh, they're doing quite well on their allotment. Uh, so we'll have to see how, you know, how they end up traveling, but, you know, like you said, that game last year was just one of the most incredible games. And uh, 
and to have them up here against Virginia Tech for us is just a perfect storm. The whole bowl thing is fascinating, actually. Like, just to, you know, because I've heard you, you know, you've told me this, you know, privately and and on the air before how the whole process works. And when you're not, you know, one of the playoff bowls or one of the New Year's sixes or one of the January one bowls, it's really a free-for-all in those hours after the CFP gets announced. What will it be like next year when there are 12 playoff teams? Yeah, that's going to be really interesting. Um, Our selection is not going to change. In terms of your tie-ins. Correct. So we have our conference uh, tie-ins with the ACC and the American Conference through the 25 game. So that's not going to change. But, um, you know, the the teams uh, that have really done well for us in the American this year were just really down. You know, you have Navy, of course, uh, who took themselves out of bowl eligibility here, even though they had a chance – with the army Navy game uh, to get to six wins. And then East Carolina really just fell apart this year. I mean, they were tremendous last year and just, I don't know what happened there, but uh, they ended up, I think with two wins. Without sharing every, all the economics of running a bowl game, when you get to this point is the number one priority attendance because you've already got, you know, your corporate sponsors already in and all of your other, re- you know, revenue channels have already been spoken for, or am I wrong about that? No, that's, that's the, probably the major reason. Uh, you know, that's the one variable we have. The only variable we have is ticket sales. So, right. um, like you said, we got our TV revenue, we've got our uh, sponsorships all locked in and, uh, it's just a you know, and, and the difference uh, can be dramatic. I mean, we were looking at possible matchup of Syracuse and UTSA. Um, yeah. In, unless these ten things happen, you know, right? Just, <laughs> yeah, and that really, that's really, the difference of like fifteen to twenty thousand tickets, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know what number Virginia Tech has gone through already, but uh, it's over ten thousand. I can tell you that. What uh, when Virginia are sold out? You know, uh, you had Virginia. You've had Virginia Tech a couple of times, right? Because I do remember when they played Cincinnati. You had them against Cincinnati. Yeah, they had Um, they had Cincinnati twice in twice and eighteen. Yeah, and uh, we sold out both those games. And you sold out both of those games. Um, The sellout at Navy Stadium is around thirty-one thousand seats, and then we have standing room only. We've had as many as thirty-seven thousand in there, which is just a great atmosphere and. uh, you know, it's a great facility, uh, and with everything we got going on, we got Jimmy Charles singing in the tailgate, who's a, a local country western star, yeah. and uh, we've got you know Budweiser, and we'll have the Clydesdales, and it, it, it's going to be just a great atmosphere. They're going to have two team tents, and uh, they'll have private parties for their alumni. And, yeah, it's gonna, we have a pregame reception, Medal of Honor reception. We'll probably have close to ten Medal of Honor recipients in attendance. Uh, Wow. And a bunch of other VIPs, you know, flag officers from every branch, and we're laden with military. You know, we have an enlistment ceremony, uh, and with a giant flag and team fast tracks jumping in. Uh, yeah, it's going to be, and, and we've got our new title sponsor, GoBowling.com, which is, uh, you know, very interesting to have a title sponsor where we can actually we're selling a product. You know, we've always been a defense contractor. Right. We don't, so we can't help them sell Northern missiles, Trump, you yeah. know. <laughs> Yeah, anything like that. But this is really exciting for us. They have a huge veterans bowling league and they've given away like $53 million over the last 70 years, something like that. And uh, they're really into it. So it's going to, it's going to be a lot of fun. Steve Beck is joining us, uh, courtesy of our Beck QL listener lines. He's the president and executive director uh, and the founder of the Military Bowl. Um, and it is a lot of work putting these things together. Virginia Tech and Tulane uh, on December 27th, 2 p.m. Uh, so th- that, that, that actually leads me to this. You've pretty much been in this kind of date and even time slot from almost the beginning, right? That it's been a post-Christmas game, a couple of days afterwards, an afternoon game, not a night game. Is that, 
is that the spot? Is that a sweet spot for a bowl game? You know, you know, during that real quiet time when everybody's not getting ready for the holidays, they're winding down from them. Um, you know, is that it, it? Would seem to me that that's a pretty good spot. It is. It's a great spot for us, and you know, we're we're we have no other game up against us. So on TV, so right. that's a big plus too, and. Um, you know, just be, being post Christmas is better for us right now because a couple teams cannot play pre Christmas because of finals, um, and, and it, it just—it's it, really just great for us. Annapolis is such a great town to have a bowl game in. You know, you can walk to the bars. We have bar crawl going on. We have a scavenger hunt going on. There's some parties going on at different locations, and uh, we also have the day before uh, Miracle on. Uh, Annapolis Street, where we'll have the Clydesdales, you know, we'll have gear and all kind of street festival. We get like five to 10,000 people there. And then we have the parade that starts at 10 o'clock in the morning on game day that leads directly right up into our tailgate. So it's uh, really all coming together. I would just really tell people uh, if you want to get a hotel room in Annapolis, you've got to jump on it because they will all be sold out. And the, the easiest way to get tickets is how? At militarybowl.org, and we also have hotel links up there. Um, there there's still a lot of options uh, for tickets. We have, um, you know, Tulane, uh, we'll see if they go through their allotment, but if not, we might get some back at the end that uh, will be available. But um, I would, if, if I was people, I would, I would get on there as soon as you can and, and get it going. I mean, I just see the numbers on ticket sales. Every time I click in, you know, it's another 50 tickets being sold. Oh, that's it's awesome. It's really, really been great. Uh, that's good for you. I mean, this the Virginia Tech program, as we we all know, you know, they there was a time there where they were competing for the upper echelon. They were competing for, you know, national championships. Certainly, when you go back to the Vic days, and Brent Pry, uh, you know, after coming from Penn State, had a rough first year, but I thought that they were really an improving team. Um, and that they've got, you know, th- this is on the up and up. He's a great recruiter, as everybody at Penn State understands. Um, and uh, you're going to have a lot of Hokies, I'm, I'm sure, um, to deal with. I, I did want to ask you, and uh, this isn't for, to put a negative spin on, on this, but it's for every bowl game now. You know, the opt-outs, which is, you know, not a new phenomenon, obviously. We're, we're several years in, in, in the running of, of, you know, players opting out of bowl games. Does that ultimately impact anything, or are the fans of these teams coming regardless? I think the fans are coming regardless. Uh, but I will say that it, it does have a negative, you know, connotation in, in, in the transfer portal. You know, so... Um, Right now, neither team is getting hurt that hard on opt-outs or transfers, so that's a big plus. And, yeah. uh, you know, like you say, we got Tulane. They were ranked most of the year in the top 25. Um, and, and, like, Virginia Tech just winning the last four out of six and handily winning that last game, um, they they really got some motivation going on to win this game. Yeah. Um, since I have you on the phone, uh, so – Tell me your reaction to Florida State not getting in as a bold director, not having you know a stake in the Final Four, but in what happens after the Final Four is named. What was your reaction to it? Well, it's hard for me not to be biased. First of all, I feel terrible uh, for Florida State. I mean, it's just terrible. But when they didn't get in the CFP, that enabled us to get Virginia Tech. <laughs> you know, so it's uh. It's sort of a, a hard one. Uh, I understand what the committee did completely. Um, is it the right thing? I, you know, I'm not going to go on record saying one way or the other, but uh, I do feel terrible for Florida State for putting together such a great year. But we'll see. We'll see when that when that game is played against Georgia. Uh, we'll see how good uh, Florida State is and whether that was the right decision or not. Yeah, I mean, I. I, I, I I'd love to see Georgia and Florida State at you know uh, without a lot of opt outs and see that game played. Um, yeah, I actually think that the committee, based on what they're tasked to do and the criteria that they're given, I actually think they came up with the right call and the right decision. I know that's not the majority opinion, but who cares? Uh, congrats yeah. <laughs> on getting Virginia Tech. 
Um, congrats on what will be a really good matchup. The Military Bowl has been such a huge thing for the community. Uh, Steve started it. Uh, we are now... Um, you know, we're coming up on, you know, to take the COVID years out, right, where you didn't have a game in 2020. And I think actually your 2021 game, didn't that get uh, canceled as well? I think so. 26 hours before the game. Oh, my God. 26 right. hours before the game, Boston College uh, backed out. So that was, yeah, that was not fun. <laughs> So this will be the this will be the fourteenth. Could have been the sixteenth without a pandemic military bowl. But think about that, people. Um, You know these bowl games. uh, When you get beyond the the big ones, to be able, as Steve was able to do, keep this thing going after not having a game for two years is pretty remarkable. Um, Congrats! I'm glad you got a good matchup. Yeah, we've been very fortunate with our sponsors helping out and people donating money. And I, I just want everybody to know also, you know, that the pur- the main purpose of our game is to support Patriot Point, which is uh, right. our 294-acre retreat center for wounded, ill, and injured down on Maryland's eastern shore. And as far as I know, we're the only organization that has their own facility uh, that actually uh, we have 44 retreats this year, over 500 people have been through and it's just really a tremendous place doing a lot of great stuff and saving lives down there. So we appreciate everybody's support and uh, please, if you can't come to the game, you know, make sure you watch it on TV. It's going to be a real good one. Yeah, it will be. Uh, It's always for an incredible cause. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for doing this. All right. Thanks, Kevin. Take care. Steve Beck, everybody, uh, the president and executive director of the military bowl, December 27th. That's a Wednesday, 2 p.m., Navy Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis and Virginia Tech against Tulane in that game. Tulane was, you know, once again on track potentially for a New Year's Six, uh, but they lost that title game to SMU, and that allowed Liberty to get into a New Year's Six game against Oregon, and Denton is thrilled about that. Uh, We will continue one more segment with some college football discussion, talk a little bit about the Heisman Trophy and if it's locked up for Jaden Daniels. Jason Horowitz from SiriusXM does a lot of college football work with them. We'll jump on with us next. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980, theteam980.com. We're free and live on the Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. <laughs> 